from grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And I'm Katie. And this is the best beer show on the internet. At least some people. Oh, that was that. that was weird. Pete jumped online for. <laughs> oh a second. yeah, I, I sent him. I sent him the the, the link for DOO later. So, excuse me. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so before we get too deep here, I want to give a shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link above our homepage and join today. And uh, I'd like to give a shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson and Devin Stinson. If you'd like to be as awesome as them, head over to patreon.com slash blindnessstudios or click on the patron link above our homepage at blindnessstudios.com and become a patron today. Uh, and if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, uh, head over to blindnessstudios.com, click on the Amazon link above our homepage. Your Amazon shopping as normal and we get a bit of a kickback from Amazon really helps us out. All right. Brian, what have you been up to beer related lately? Oh man. Um, well, Katie, Katie power washed the floor in the brewery and I squeegeed the water. <laughs> That's what we've been doing at the brewery. <laughs> how's yeah. the, uh, how's the hand sanitizer thing going? Uh, we can't do it. We made some and now we learned we can't do it anymore. Oh you no. Have to get a, a distilling license and there's a, your pound of flesh in monetarily, uh, and your pound of flesh, uh, paperwork. And then, <laughs> all that jazz. So we, we made a, I know that's more of a, a probably a better question to ask Katie, but um, they, cause it was Katie and Ethan that made it. But uh, uh, I think it went great, but now we can't do it. Well, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, all that work uh, for nothing, huh? Yeah. Federal government, they want, they will only want to help uh, as, as much as, well, let's, let's just not even get into that. So, <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> all right. Oh man. Anyway. So, but other than that, uh, I, don't remember if I said this on the last set, but or the last show, but um, this has given me an incredible opportunity to uh, uh, liquor store surf um, and pick up all of the the beer that I, um, you know, haven't tried in you know packaged form from all the different breweries that are distributing in my area. Um, I was thinking about this, and I was trying. To, I'm like, obviously, it's because I'm staying home. But then I realized, I think my my beer exploration happens by drinking pints at bars. And so without being able to do that, now I've been grabbing a bunch of random, just random stuff. I would never just stuff like. off the shelf. Well, I, I just normally wouldn't, I'm not going to name the brewery, but there's a brewery in Wisconsin that has these four pack 16 ounce four pack beers that are like wildly overpriced. And I like, <clears throat> I sprung for one and was like, Cool, that's another thing in the world. Now I know I'm not missing much by not paying nineteen dollars, <laughs> nineteen or twenty dollars for a four pack of sixteen ounce beers instead of just getting one pint at the right. at the pub or whatever. So that's kind of what I've been doing, searching for for random stuff. Ran into Mike Fredrickson from Pitchfork, and I was on the way out of the liquor store with fine German lager, and he was going into the liquor store to get some fine German Bach beer. So um, yeah. All that's right. uh, that's what I've been doing. Uh, Katie, what about you? Uh, let's see. This week, uh, we we did a little production stuff. This week, I did I did power wash floors and things. But we canned <laughs> up our um, our second batch that we brewed of the Lady of the Woods White Stout. 
Yep. And we're pretty excited about um, this this time because we, we changed the recipe a little bit. We kind of smoothed out the bittering addition, the bittering hop addition, speaking of hops, um, and kind of made it a little bit a little bit smoother. And some of those, you know, those stout like vanilla, chocolate, you know, the, the things that we added to it to give it that flavor, are, I feel are, are more pronounced. And it's good. I'm very like- excited. I feel like you and Ethan and, or I guess us as a group have sort of been mulling over the nature of what we're doing with bittering beer in the brewery, just in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been kind of fun to, to think about and talk about lately. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, you know, that, and, you know, we've kind of did, maybe I can talk about this next week, but with Hayes and kind of fixing that recipe a little bit. Unless have I talked about that already? I don't even. Um, I don't. Uh, we are doing hop extract next week. Yeah, so yeah, that maybe. would definitely be a good one for next week. Sure. Yeah. All right. That's it. How about All you, right. Casey? Um. Yeah. So, trying to think. I don't want to, you know. Uh, Say all the things at once here. Uh, so uh, <laughs> yesterday I went on a, um, I guess like a beer odyssey, um, is what I would call it. I hit, um, I hit you guys at Hop and Barrel. I hit Oliphant, Pitchfork, and Rush River. Just kind of doing yeah. doing the loop to try to get, uh, you know, get restocked up on beers. So I don't have to leave the house again for another couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> and so that was you're, fun. You're gonna run out of Modelo before. I don't know, man. Like the last eighteen pack lasted us three weeks, so that's a lot. that's because I wasn't over there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Only had six. Um, yeah, so uh, did that, um, and then uh, uh, so before this whole quarantine thing happened, I um, I collab brewed a. Um, a lager with um, with with a friend, um, and we we modeled it after uh, Pitchfork's um, chicken dog, and we called it uh, Pollo Perro. Oh, um, yeah. and so basically we took the chicken dog recipe and we did it with a, a Mexican lager yeast. Um, but we uh, so I, I stopped over there yesterday. And we had you know yard beers like you can do now, um, and <laughs> there's a lot of that going on in my. <laughs> But uh, so he 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 finally kegged it, and there was a very interesting thing that happened. So one, uh, so we we only had room to temp temp control one, but it was cold enough where we lagered the other one in the garage. Um, the one in the garage came out crystal clear, and the one that we temp controlled is hazy. Same hmm. batch, and we just we just split it into different fermenters, and we can't figure out what happened. Do you guys have any ideas of what may have caused that? The only difference that I could think of would be, was there a, you know, the temperature fluctuation happening and maybe that had something to do with it. Was there much temperature fluctuation in the garage beer? Um, in the garage beer, there was a bit cause you know, it warmed up and stuff. It, yeah. it, it hovered around, um, I want to say it was like 45 ish, 45, 50. Um, and then, um, you know, and then once it got a little bit warmer, it jumped up a little bit, but. Uh, I was doing that classic thing where I was looking up and reading the next thing we were going to talk about and was not listening to you. So, <laughs> All right, so basically we have we have uh, two we have, we have the the same beer in two yep. different um, fermented in two different spots. One's hazy, one's not. The one with the temp control was hazy. The one without temp control was not hazy. Well, which what kind of vessel was each? Of them? Uh, they were both in uh, glass carboys. 
Okay, and it was uh, pitched from Liquid? Uh, yep. Okay, and one had temp control, and how, by how do you mean it have a thermal well? Like uh, it was about? in a, uh, basically like a like a chest freezer converted into a fermentation chamber. Okay, and that one was clear? That one was hazy. That one was hazy? Yeah. Yeah, no, so it flipped on me. Like, I could have, I, I thought that the one, like, that would have been lagered in the garage would have been the hazy one with the, with the temp flux, but. And then Katie, Katie, what did you say? Uh, I, I, I asked about the temp, the temp fluctuation. Um, were the finishing gravities the same? Yep. Hmm. Could, uh, be a flocking thing. Like, Could be. because of the, the flux, it didn't flock. I mean, we don't. Honestly, we don't know a whole lot about how flock flocculation works. Okay. Uh, to begin with, uh, so mm. I'm just throwing that out. Yeah, there. Yeah, no, yeah, we were we were completely like everything else about the like the the beers are almost identical. Um, the one that's clear, it um, like so the other one tastes uh, the hazy one tastes a little yeasty. So flock might make sense. Um, that's all I can think of. Yeah, um, I don't. If you really want to kind of dig into this more, um, I bet you. I'll I'll be willing to bet a couple bucks that Marshall Shot has some kind of brewlosophy has some kind of experiment. Oh yeah, there you experiment. go. Um, I'd look into that, but okay. I don't know. I need to stick that one in my bean and roll it around a little bit. Do some yep. research. Yeah, it was it was just a weird uh, it was just a weird week. thing that we ran into. So I figured I'd bring it up and. Interesting. That's cool, man. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I've been up to. Uh, so why don't we just kind of dive straight into our discussion topic? So we're going to be continuing our beginner brewer uh, series, and these might. So next week's episode might come out first. I haven't quite figured out how I'm going to release these uh, yet. But um, so today we're going to be talking about extract brewing. So last uh, last last episode in the series, we just kind of did a very vague overview of um, what like what you need to brew. Um, that, that kind of thing. So this is like, all right, so you're ready to brew. Um, and you're like, okay, I'm going to dip my feet into the water with extract brewing, which is, I, I think the right way to start just to kind of get your process down. Um, because when you're, when you're looking at extract, extract brewing, there's few, a lot fewer things that you can screw up, um, to give yourself a bad beer. Um, and so this way you can focus on your cleaning and sanitization and make sure that's good before you start moving on and making more complex mm-hmm. brew days. Um, so did you guys, uh, I think we talked about this a little bit, but did you guys start with extract kits? Uh, yes. I, I did. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I did a ton mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. Um, is there like, so there, there's a few ones out there. Like there's like the brewer's best kits. There's the, uh, I guess the Mr. Beer kit is like the, the famously bad one. Um, I know Northern Brewer makes kits. Is there, is there any, um, are, are there any kits that you guys are familiar with that you would recommend? I suppose it's been a while, but yeah, anything Northern Brewer. I, okay. I, I can't speak highly enough of the, the care that they take it, uh, putting those together. Um, and that was the first one I ever brewed was their, um, I believe it, uh, Katie. You could probably tell me, but like it was, I think the Great Northern Porter clone uh, from from Summit, maybe. Yeah, I don't St. Paul Porter. I think it was yeah, called. St. Paul Porter. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I brewed that, and then I probably brewed the Bell's Two Hearted clone, which you have the, like the sweetest hoodie of all time. Oh yeah, is, the dead yeah, because yeah, it's when they they were doing the what did they even call it Three Hearted? 
I think, before they had to, like, change it. I don't know. Legally, before. and then... Before, yeah. So, that, like, I think, I'm pretty sure, the Northern Brewer clone for Bell's Two-Hearted was called... I think it was called Bell's Three-Hearted. Then they had to change it to Dead Ringer, um, which has this really cool, like, zombie graphic. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I must have brewed that. I, I probably brewed that clone and the Surly Furious clone, like, ten times each, just yeah, try, trying to see how to, you know, because having those those kits and then calibrated against an actual beer it was really fun mm-hmm. um, but yeah, yeah we're uh, lucky to have that in our backyard though in minnesota we are for sure and i and i, I think i mentioned this before I, I i worked at northern brewer um at one of their retail stores for a few years so um I, you know i guess just just saying that i would definitely recommend the northern brewer kits or the midwest supply kits um they're essentially a lot of the same um beer recipes they just change the names on them a little bit if you're if it's going to be your first extract beer kit i would we we always recommended starting with like a brown ale or a, or a porter or something where you're not um having to focus on the hop additions the extra hop additions that you would with extract brewing even though they're not super complicated but you know first time first time through do something a little easier like a brown ale or a order yeah is there yeah, is there a style that you would um recommend not doing for your first lager yeah yep. <laughs> <laughs> <That's the one. laughs> i mean even even try maybe try a saison too because you know yeah. if you have like mad temp fluctuation that's one that would actually kind of It'd benefit not really, not really but even a even a lighter beer like a cream ale so you know the lager uh, you, you need special temperature control you need it to ferment at um what 50 50 55 degrees rather than say 70 and you you know they have cream ales which are essentially ales ale versions of lagers um the problem with those lighter beers is they don't, don't hide flaws very well and if you're brewing your a batch for the very first time you're probably going to come across a few flaws and so you might as well brew a batch of beer that you're going to actually enjoy drinking and be excited about. And that's why darker these darker beers and these maltier brown ales are really kind of the way to go until you can figure out your process and all the things. Hide your mistakes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. I think my first was uh, was a Hefeweizen. Um, that ended up being insanely banana-y because... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you don't know when, like, you just throw things in a bucket and hope it turns out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I just throw it in a bucket, throw some malt and some yeast, uh, hop hops in there. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so here's here's kind of like uh, the, the process that you're – so you, you get your kit, and it's going to have instructions, but basically what you're doing is you're going to heat um, – if, if I remember right, the Northern Brewer kits are for five gallons, so probably like two and a half gallons of water. Yep. Um, yep. And then you'll bring that up to, uh, depending if you have specialty malts or not, if you have, and we'll kind of get into what specialty malts are, you'll, so you'll bring it up to basically mash temps. Um, so you're like that 150 degree-ish area, and you're going to hold it there for 20, 30 minutes, however long um, it says. Then you'll bring it to a, then you'll pull those, specialty uh, malts out, bring it to a boil, add whatever hops, um, and then um, boil for 60 minutes. And then if you have other hop additions, you'll add them in there as well. Um, And then you'll chill it. So basically you'll bring it down to as near to fermentation temperature as you can, as fast as you can. Um, Extract 
the the pot size you can usually fit it in your sink and so what I did um, for my first chilling was I would fill the sink with uh, with ice water and then just like dunk the pot in there and then stir it I've done that <laughs> um, I've, I've taken it out and stuck it in the snow yep I've done that with a 10 gallon batch had a copper counterflow chiller I've had a Blickman plate chiller. I don't think there's any other methods. I don't think so. Um, Staring at it really hard isn't going to work. No. As, as much as you want it to. No, that just heats it up more because you're transferring more energy to it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and then uh, then you'll you'll put it in your, your fermentation vessel, uh, add uh, or backfill uh, more water into it to bring it up to your volume, um, and then pitch your yeast and ferment. So when we're backfilling... Water with these batches, uh, or do we need to worry about the the water source? Yes. Uh, so the biggest thing you want to worry about uh, when, we're, when we're talking about water, like you really don't need to get into water chemistry, but you want to make sure um, it, like, as long as it tastes good, like you'll be able to brew with it pretty much. Um, and yeah. then you want it to be like sanitized. You want you want sanitary water. Yep. It's, it's nice to be able to back blend if you're like, frankly, if you're going to do this at home, you literally can do this totally in your kitchen um, and brew a, a fine, you know, five gallon batch or 19 liters for our, uh, for our peeps. Um, but you can brew with as little as one and a half gallons or 5.7 liters for our peeps uh, with the metric. Um, but pumping up the volume a little bit is kind of one of the biggest improvements you can make uh, uh, if you're doing an extract. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's talk about specialty malts because I think almost all kits have specialty malts. And so I know um, I think I think my first one didn't. The half of Eisen, I think, was just straight uh, DME and LME. Um, but then, like, once you start getting into, like, the IPAs and the porters and stuff like that, they add. So what, like, when we're in, what are specialty malts? Uh, specialty malts are, and I should j- jump in and say that I think there are maybe just, if you're getting kits from Northern Brewer or Midwest Supplies, almost all of them have specialty malts in them. So, okay. um, like, uh, you know, yeah, anyway, so they are, they're, they're extra malts added to the beer that will give, the beer a little bit of um uh you know give it its unique flavor and color so if you're brewing a stout the specialty malts will most likely have some darker malts in there some chocolate um maybe uh there's a there's a malt called black patent malt things like that will be in 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 those specialty malts and i think the um, the amount in the recipe it depends on the gravity a little bit of the beer or how big the beer is but it's usually what a couple pounds at the most i think so yeah something yeah. like that and then another thing to kind of keep in mind with specialty malts is that most almost all specialty malt is not going to lend you any extra sugar um for the yeast to ferment if you will that this the extract that you're using that's going to be the the maltose maltotriose the stuff that the yeast need to metabolize so these specialty grains like katie said are for are for color and flavor yep and yeah maybe we could can we talk just a little bit about that the 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 extract that you're getting um you know casey said you you mentioned that you did a half of bison yep that that extract is going to be a wheat based extract and they have 
you know, they have more of a, a you know, they have a pale, you know, a, a pale extract, and then they kind of go through the whole spectrum of color a little bit. So each mm -hmm. extract, jug of extract that you get in your recipe is going to vary depending on the style of beer you're brewing a little bit. Um, I suppose we should back up a little bit more. Uh, so when we're talking about malt extract, basically that's a pre-made wort that somebody made and then super condensed down. Yep. Um, Packaged it in. Usually it's in like a little milk. Milk jug. Yep, uh, yeah. for, for LME, which is liquid malt extract. Or, or yeah, yep. for LME, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. And then we there's dry. Talk about that probably. Yep, and then there's dry <laughs> malt extract, which is basically um, the same thing as liquid, but in a powdered form. Right. So there's some some kind of some dark forces at work here. Uh, and by that, I mean the, the, the bottom of the pot when you're pouring this extract in is going to be very hot. And so it's super important to, to be... Oh, I that totally forgot time. about scorching. Yeah, you will scorch the malt. You will you will be um, you'll lose some of that sugar, and you're going to have some color issues, some caramelization yep. of the partially dissolved malt extract. So when you stir it into hot water, it's, it's not going to dissolve instantly. Nor will it uh, generally. Nor will it uh, uh, be very even. There's going to be blobs of extract. Uh, They're going to yep. remain intact for a. If little you can, if you can remove it from the like mm -hmm. after after you get your water heated up, if you can remove it from the heat while you're pouring in, yeah, that'll that'll help uh, prevent some scorching. Mm -hmm. um, because then you you don't have any direct heat on it, so you can at least pull it up off of the bottom before you re-add right. it. Um, all right, and then uh, so all right, so that uh, so one one other thing I wanted to make sure that we definitely hit on with specialty malts is temperature. Um, I mm -hmm. think I think the the it usually calls for like one fifty to one seventy is usually where um, where you want to keep keep that uh, that temperature at when you're steeping. You don't want to go above one seventy. I would for sure. probably I keep mean, it more at like 160 or 71C, but this yeah. is a Ask 10 Brewers. Right. Well, and yeah, I, I would say keep it within mash temp. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's like, so if you keep it in that. 160 is about as high as you're going to go 161 for. Yeah. Uh, if you go, if you go too much higher than that, you're going to get, um, you're going to get tannin extraction. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe tannins. Like if you've ever had like a really like dry red wine. Yeah, try that's the best way to put it, yep. I think. You'll get you'll get kind of like that like almost like sandpapery tongue. Well, yeah, uh, I always compared it to like um the I mean, who would do this but taking a like a used uh black tea bag after you've steeped it and like kind of sucking a little of that the rest of that liquid out, that that would be tan very tannic. Okay. That bitter, yeah. you know, really bitter mouth drying sensation. Oh, uh, another thing to kind of mention here, if we're still sort of dancing around on specialty grain, uh, mm -hmm. generally you're going to, this will come with the kit normally, uh, you're going to be actually putting it into a, like a muslin bag uh, that that will, um, you'll sort of suspend it into the pot. Um, so you don't just, you don't just toss the grain into the yeah. kettle. Oh yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. good, good, uh, good call. Uh, also don't squeeze yeah. that bag. No, no, don't, don't squeeze it bag. That's another part where you're going to leach tannin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just let it drain, hang, kind of hang it over the top of the, the boil or the not boil, but the steeped, you know, water that you'll, and as you pull it out, you'll see that, you know, there's, you're, you've changed the color of the water to a beer colored water. Mm -hmm. um, just let it hang over that until it drips dry enough where you can kind of move it to, yeah. you know, the sink or the garbage. Uh, or the tea bag analogy kind of works there too, because you wouldn't want to yeah. squeeze your tea bag. 
It's the yeah. same, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, and then uh, we, we touched on fermentation a little bit uh, last week, but basically if you're if this is your first one, you're probably using a bucket. Um, you want to put that bucket in a cool, dry, um, dark place. Um, and by cool, like, and if you don't have, like, a basement or a garage that's going to, like, maintain that, like, that 60 degrees-ish, um, mm-hmm. an interior closet or, like, you want an interior room that without any um, uh, outward-facing uh, walls because that will maintain the most consistent temperature in your house. Yep. Uh, hey, are we going to have a whole, um, like, fermentation podcast discussion i i think i think we will uh but if there's something okay. important that you want to touch on we can for sure well i you know the i'm the I, I would love to go into more detail about fermentation um at a, at a later time but you know that 60 degree temperature is important the yeast you want that to ferment at right around 67 degrees uh that's going to give you the cleanest beer the yeast are pretty happy at that they don't they don't put a lot of a lot of Actually, they're very, very happy at really warm temperatures, but then they start putting out all these chemicals um, that are considered off flavors in beer. Um, right. they'll, put, they'll push them out of the cell structure, and then they won't bring them back in because sometimes yeah, they, yeah. they need to push them out to bring something else in to do another process, and then they'll suck it back up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and the you know the 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 wort as as it's turning into beer is going the yeast one of the byproducts of yeast fermentation is, is heat. So that's why keeping that those 60 degree temperatures is the best. Cause then you're going to, the, the yeast will raise up that vessel's temperature to about that 70 degree mark on its own without very, very much help. And then the other just quick tip is if you can, after about maybe two or three days of fermentation, if you're able to move that vessel to a, to a warmer environment or put a sweatshirt over it or something, keep that yeast, um, keep that heat that that yeast has created in, it's going to keep the yeast a little bit more active for just a little bit longer, which is also going to help your beer taste better. All right. That's so called, usually we call that a diacetyl rest. So if I'm, I'm, I'm done boiling. Um, I get, I get my beer. I've got my beer in the, or the wort, I'm sorry, in the pot and I stick it in an ice bath in my sink and I have a thermometer in there. What temperature uh, am I looking for? You want to be down as low as you can. Um, I would say, like, if you can get it down to 60 degrees, that's perfect. Um, I would say on the high ends, 80 at the most. Yeah, and that water that you're adding, if, if you've had it, say, maybe in your refrigerator or even just sitting on your counter, you have to take that into yeah, consideration yeah, that'll drop with it your, too. Final, your pitching temperature. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because if you if you pitch uh, too like too high, um, and you're gonna kill some yeast, and it's gonna sh- get shocked, and it's not gonna be it's not gonna be happy. It's not gonna ferment well. You're gonna get weird flavors. Um, too low, not really an issue. Um, but you also want to bring it down like as fast as you can because as soon as as soon as it drops um, below what's what's sanitation temp like one eighty. Yep. Um, so yeah, so once once it once it drops below that, um, like you are now in like kind of a danger zone, mm-hmm. um, where you're going to like you you run the risk of contamination. Also, like we're looking for um, a break. Um, I guess it'd be a cold break, where it's going to like where it's going to drop a bunch of stuff out of suspension. Um, with an ice bath, you're really not going to get much of a break. I don't think. I don't think it'll drop it fast enough, but 
you still like the the name of the game is drop it down to that that temp as fast as you can um mostly because then you're going to be done (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's probably about the right time to uh, crack a beer open yes yep yeah Yeah. once once you do that you can have your first beer of the day yeah that's what we call that's when you're on cold side of your ferment your brew day yeah tip tip number one about it's not a tip it's a a rule (laughs) relax relax and have a homebrew is a good you know uh bit of advice but uh for cold side God, we just got a message from Bjorn. Now I'm distracted. Uh, <laughs> damn it. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't even remember where I was going with this. Don't start drinking too early in your brew day, I think there is what you you're go. See, that's yeah. why. And I, I'm i not breaking that rule because I'm not brewing, but I'm having a beer right now. Yeah. And, oh, and you will. There will be a day when you start drinking too early and you learn the lesson the hard way of why you don't. When you fuck everything yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So I did. Um, I did uh, throw out a little thing um, for uh, tips uh, for making like some better extract beer to our listeners. Uh, one one we got was uh, we had a listener who was having an issue with his uh, his extract beers always tasting um, like a little on the sweet side, a little like almost like under fermented, um, and so he started adding some dextrose um, to them to dry it out. Yeah, that's I, I I read that. I wish I had known that when I was doing extract beer. Yeah, yeah, it gets rid of that like uh, I guess that quote unquote extract twang. I guess is the mm-hmm. is what it what it used to be called. Um, yeah. And then and then you touched on this too. Uh, put your uh, put your um, your your backfill water uh, in the fridge, so it's cold and that'll drop that temp down a lot faster. Another couple quick things that I uh, found useful and I used to try to pass on to people was uh, if you can start with a bigger volume of, of your water boil, try to do that. Um, you know, even if you, if you can even get up to five gallons, it's, it just has something, it reacts to the extract a little bit better and it makes it the beer just a little more authentic tasting. You know, extract beer does definitely have, ha- has a reputation of having a, a flavor about it that just you know it's like I, I, you know the people just aren't really maybe expecting um and they're hoping it would taste more like you know the beer that they get at their favorite craft brewery um and it, it isn't going to because they they cook that extract and they make it it just changes the flavor a little bit but there's ways to so if you add a bigger volume of boil of water to boil and then if you can save about half of your extract for later in the boil um, and it won't cook, it'll still sanitize it, but it won't cook it. So you'll kind of, it'll decrease some of those, those extract flavors too. All right. All right. Oh man. I wish he hadn't told me that Bjorn sent that, sent that email in. Cause don't, I got distracted don't get started by it, on it. It's going to take a couple oh, days. Oh wow. That's like a seven page. All right. Yep. Well, uh, we'll deal with that. Later. <laughs> Does Bjorn know that like where he j- he sent that like in the middle of us recording? I bet he has no idea that we're. <laughs> he, he probably does like, because he's a he's a patron, so he gets the <laughs> he gets the notification. <laughs> well, why the hell don't we have him on? Uh, I don't know. Bjorn? I, guess I never, I never, I never really thought about it. We could, I could definitely reach out to him and see if he wants to come on for an episode. 
Yeah, I don't see why not, man. Right. I don't know. Um, Anywho, all right. all right. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. So that, um, and then we got a couple of other tips that I'll just kind of throw out there because they're kind of beginning uh, brewer things. Um, one is uh, using uh, with the plastic buckets. Like you're not always going to get a good like airtight seal, and if you want one, uh, you can use uh, like sanitized plastic wrap to help make a gasket. Uh, in the bucket, and that'll give you a better seal on the lid. Um, and then the other one is uh, regarding turkey fryers. They all have this stupid, like, 15-minute, like, switch that they, uh, that, like, that'll do an auto shutoff on the gas. Uh, most of us, uh, we use duct tape and zip ties to fix that problem. Um, and then, uh, but uh, you can also use that to kind of, like, uh, help time your brew day, but I think using a uh, a timer is much better than trying yeah. to uh, futz with that because that nothing's more irritating than forgetting about that shutoff and then going out there and nothing's happening. Nice. Uh, yeah. I've got like a whole list of uh, tips and tricks and hacks, and I mean that could probably be a future episode. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, right. moving on, we did specialty malts. What about, uh, do we have a couple listener tips here? Uh, yep. Yeah, we went over Looks those. Like we did. Okay, yep. cool. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Unless you guys have any other, uh, last, last, uh, minute tips you'd like to throw out. I have a ton, but that's a whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well then I guess we will wrap up and we'll see you guys next week. If I can figure out how to do some outro music here. figured it out i found it i found it all right guys uh, thanks for tuning in this week if you have any questions comments show ideas or what have you go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blinderstudios.com you can follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash brightness studios you follow us on twitter at blinders or ninja and i'll see you guys next week peace bye